This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN Radio Network. Delivered by Domino's. Visit dominoes.ca today. It is week seven in the Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Big show for you today, folks. We're going to get through the CFL top performers. We'll get CFL fantasy talk, team power rankings, and we'll go through what was a hectic week six. Of course, we are delivered by Domino's. And folks, I had one of these this past weekend. Large pizza, four topping, $11.99. You can't beat that for walk-in, carry-out. $11.99, large pizza, four toppings. Tremendous deal. You can also get a medium feast pizza for just $10.99. All their deals, all the specials on dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. From the CFL and TSN, Rod Black will join me, as will TSN.ca Scott Cullen. Behind that helmet, we go to the legendary Montreal Alouette receiver, Nick Lewis. And as I said, we'll get to game picks, CFL fantasy, power rankings, and all that good stuff. Let's start with the top performers of the week. I talked a lot about him last week. He was the special guest. I think it might be a good luck charm to be on behind the helmet now, folks. Because I had Deron Carter struggled. He was a zero for Scott Cullen in his Hero and Zeros article. Deron Carter made arguably the greatest catch in CFL history. And maybe, maybe this year, yet 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 Burnham's catch. But Deron Carter's behind the back hand twist. Like, I'm making the action now, even though it's on radio. I'm sure you've seen it. If you haven't, go to cfl.ca right now. Go to tsn.ca, either one. Look it up. Google it. Deron Carter catch. It's going to be the first thing that pops up. Absolutely sensational. Deron Carter was a CFL top performer of the week for week number six. Not just because of that catch. 131 receiving yards, two touchdowns. He was he was spectacular. It was a coming out party for Jerron Carter. We always knew the talent was there. Was his, could he keep his head in the game? And was he going to be targeted by Kevin Glenn? And the first few weeks, he wasn't. If you look at the total, so 131 yards, two touchdowns in that one game. All year, 287 receiving yards, 25 catches, three touchdowns. So that goes to show you how ineffective Jerron Carter has been up to that point. Is this a coming out party for Carter? Get that confidence up. Is Kevin Glenn going to be able to sling it and go right back to him? They're playing the BC Lions. It's in BC. We know the Lions love to have shootouts, right? We know they love to air it out. You might be forced to play catch-up. What can Carter do when for sure he's going to be on people's radars now? Maybe not the primary target, but he is going to be on people's radars now. He's going to pay attention. Other performer of the week, Mark and Michael from the Calgary Stampeders. My guy, Kamar Jordan, went down in the first half with an injury, stepped up. How about this? 190 receiving yards, seven rushing yards when he came in for, for Jordan. He had a huge 40-yard pass in the second quarter. Uh, got him to the one-yard line. That set up a Jerome Messam touchdown. Like Jerome Messam, by the way, that he's not in this performer of the week list is, is strange to me with the effort. We'll get to Jerome Messam later on. But Jerome Messam has been absolute beast mode the last couple of weeks. But the first year Stampeder, uh, Mark and Michael, uh, in that 60-1 to drubbing of the Ticats, I will, we, we will talk about that. About what the heck is going on with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. 
And then the other defensive or the other player of the week, performer of the week, Jackson Jeffcoat from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Helped the Blue Bombers come back. You could say it was a given away by Montreal. Was it a comeback? Either way, the Bombers took it 41 to 40. And the game Jackson Jeffcoat had. Whew. Boy. First quarter spun in the way of a Darian Durant pass. Picked it off, returned at 17 yards, also had a couple sacks. First-year CFLer Jackson Jeffco. Interesting note, too. When he played for uh, the Texas Longhorns in college, he won the 10 Hendricks Award as college football's top defensive end. So Jackson Jeffco making an impact. Those are your performers of the week. All right, guys, let's get to the Blitz. And with the Blitz, we're going to begin with our... CFL weekly show poll here. You can get me at AndyMC81, at AndyMC81. And our poll question is, all right, we're officially a third of the way through the CFL season. We're heading into week seven. Right now, who's your MOP? Who's your most outstanding player through the first six weeks? Mike Riley, quarterback of the Edmonton Eskimos. Greg Ellingson, receiver of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Ricky Ray, quarterback of the Toronto Argonauts. Or Jerome Messam, who I brought up of the Calgary Stampeders. We'll get to the results later on in the show. But who's your MOP through six weeks? Riley, Ellingson, Ray, or Messam? And I want to get back to that Jerron Carter catch. Because, uh, folks, like, so much went on this past week. It always does, right? The scores, in case you missed it, as I said, Winnipeg overtook Montreal 41-40. Edmonton 37-26 in a great battle against the BC Lions. Argonauts fall to the Rough Riders in Saskatchewan, 38-27, and the Hamilton Tiger Cats get absolutely manhandled in one of the worst beatings in CFL history, 60-1. to What does that mean for the East? Well, the Argos stay on top at 500, 3-3. Alouettes fall to 2-4. Ottawa 1-4-1. Ticats 0-5. And in the West Division, 5-0. Edmonton Eskimos remain undefeated. Calgary 4-1-1. Lions 4-2. Winnipeg 3-2. And the Rough Riders 2 and three on the bye this week is the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, back to that Jerron Carter catch. Again, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Yeah, it is it is going to be on the all-time football catches. Not just CFL. NFL, college, Pop Warner, any level of football. This is one of the greatest catches of all time. It was next level. So where does it rank? Or Whenever you see something great, you think, okay, where, where does it rank? Was it even the top one this year? Well... Rod Smith, Jock Climbing, Matt Dundigan debated just that as well as talking about Winnipeg's comeback over Montreal. Week six in the books. Time to huddle up with the pros. Brought to you by GMC. The pros are Jock Climbing and Matt Dunnigan. What a week. What a catch by Deron Carter against the Argos. Is that the catch of the year so far, or is it Brian Burnham against the Ticats, Jock? When you're evaluating great catches, you can go on aesthetics, or you can go on degree of difficulty. As a former receiver, to me, it's all about degree of difficulty. If you line up 100 receivers and ask them to make that Deron Carter catch, I bet you a third of them could do it. No I'm not sure way. that anybody could make that Brian Burnham catch. That was has, unreal. Yeah, aesthetics has nothing to do with Carter's catch. That is the catch of the year so far. He and Akwazi Owasu Ansa were going at it the entire football game, and this is when the kids stepped up when they needed him most. He went off from there. He had two touchdowns in the game, but that uh, grab, I've never seen anything like that before. Backhanded. This right here. Down, Burnham, is, never he's, lost his Burnham is stumbling. He's got a guy on him, interfering with him. He sticks out one hand full speed and manages catch. that catch. Still going with Carter. I'll tell you, the finish of the year that's going to stand up, that was Thursday night. 
Montreal led Winnipeg by 12 with a buck 40 left in the clock, and the Bombers came back and won. Was that a comeback? Was that a collapse, Matty? That's a collapse all the way. And they, uh, Montreal and Noel Thorpe, his defense, have got to be kicking themselves because they went too soft on the second to last drive, which started that whole melee. And, and, they, and they just, and they just gave it up that, too quickly. Matty, I agree the second, the second to last drive was a collapse. But the last drive, from that onside on, that's about, a comeback. That onside tackle? kick, How about unreal. trying to tackle seven missed tackles in 13 plays in those final two drives? You've got to be I get full credit. That I is get, a collapse. I give full credit to the Bombers. I want to bring up that Medlock onside. That has never been done in the history of football, as far as yeah, I know. That's, that's what started that's the comeback. Unreal. That's well, got O'Shea written all over it. Which leads to this next question now. And you talked about the onside kick. There were so many crazy spectacles. What was the most stunning sight? Nick Lewis, the way he was jumping over tacklers. Was it Eugene Lewis keeping this the ball one right in? here, Ron. That's nuts. Oh, I mean, what about Andrew Harris at the end of the game? I mean, there's just so much to see in this game. For me, it was this play right there with Eugene Lewis. Yeah, there was lots of craziness happening there and some stunning plays. But that Eugene Lewis play where he is going out of bounds and he knocks it back in. Look, I know that fans are going to think, what a heads-up play. Actually, bonehead play. Because no, no. normally defense will be rallying give the, the football. Give the kid a break, Jack. But it worked out. Game, he's in his first game. He's hustling. And give B.J. Cunningham some credit. But I'm going with the Andrew Harris run at the end of the ball game. Are you kidding me? They asked number 14, Thorpe, to make the biggest play of the game, the biggest block of the game on a defensive end is 250 pounds, Gabriel Nassau. That's a three-yard run, Matty. Hey, are you three kidding me? Run. That's execution when they needed it, and, the four, and, and Thorpe made it happen, and Harris just dug hey, it there, out. I, 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 I thought it was a gutsy call to run the ball in that situation, but for Eugene Lewis to actually think that he's going to play that like it's an inside kick and he's trying to keep it in the field to play, and it works out for a huge gain? Yeah, wow. Games in the Lions game, one of the biggest comeback in the history of the Seals. Well, you know what? It's the night the Alouettes would love to forget. I don't think any of us are going to forget that game. Just another week in the crazy football league as we huddle up with the pros. All right, that was Rod Smith, Jock Climby, and Matt Dunnigan. Back to the Carter catch. For me, without a shadow of the doubt. The Burnham catch, very nice. Great catch. It was through a defender. The Jerron Carter catch stands alone to me. I, I, I don't even know why it's a debate. You can tweet me at AndyMC81. Let me know if I'm nuts. But that Jerron Carter catch... Um, I'm putting that right up there with that SJ Green extended catch. I put it above that. I put it above. Luke Tasker made a crazy catch a couple years ago where he turned himself inside out into Gumby to, to lean back and grab a ball. I'm putting Jerron Carter's catch as the greatest in CFL history. That moment. The greatest, most acrobatic athletic catch I've ever seen. At Andy MC81, you agree, disagree, but that's, I don't even think it should be a conversation for this year. It's definitely Deron Carter. Now, to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. What the hell happened? Going in. I was on radio stations across, TSN radio stations across Canada. And I said, we're going to find out a lot about this Tiger Cats team, how they come out with the Calgary game. Because when with the Edmonton loss, you let the Eskimos have it, you let them get back into the game, but the offense popped. We saw some life. So I thought that, okay, even if they don't beat the Stampeders, this is a chance again, make it close, take some steps and be able to actually show that you're ready for, for that W. Doesn't get any easier. They play Edmonton in Edmonton this week. Instead of showing up, 
They kept it close in the first quarter. Calgary was just up 9 nothing. Then the wheels didn't just fall off. They flew off over a cliff, never to be seen again. 30 points. 30 points in the second quarter. At half, it was 39-1. to Then the Stamps scored 14, then 7. It was so bad. Bo Levi Mitchell didn't have to play in the second half. 11 to 17 only. Terrible for I picked him in fantasy. If you if you pick Bo Levi Mitchell on your fantasy CFL fantasy roster and TSN fantasy roster this week, you were sorely disappointed. I was. But he didn't have to stay in there. He had Andrew Buckley in 10 for 10. Ricky Stanzi, 1 for 2. Jerome Messam rumbled to three touchdowns. And the defense. Now, if you pick the Calgary defense, as I also did in fantasy this week, then you were well rewarded. You had a couple sacks. You had them being held to one point, of course. And it was uh, it was just a flurry. And the Ticats could not get out of their own way. Like, not even a field goal? Not even a field goal. That's how, how horrendous that was. It's 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 to the point where I think if you're the Ticats, you got to just get the shovel out, go in the middle of some field, and bury that ball. Bury it. You got to call the Undertaker. There it is. The Undertaker gongs. Call him out. Bury the ball. Give it the last rights. And move on. There is no point watching that tape. Zach Caleros. 102 passing yards. I have to whisper it. 102 passing yards from a guy who two years ago was an MOP candidate before he got hurt. I think this is mental for Zach Caleros right now. It's It's got to be. The talent is there. Got yanked for Jeremiah Masoli. Jerry Football got pulled. It was a disaster. One positive sign if you're the tie catch. You had a 6.9 average on 10 carries from C.J. Gable. So it looks like Coach Austin might be forcing himself to switch things up and just like the Argonauts, are, Argos threw the ball 80% of the time. For the Ticats, uh, traditionally an all-throwing team, maybe they try, they're trying to mix in the run a little bit more. But it was, it was an embarrassment. Uh, people calling or, or potentially saying this might be the time to get rid of Kent Austin. I don't agree with that at all midseason. One, you have Kent Austin as your GM and your head coach. Okay. Where do you where do you possibly go midseason with this? Where do you possibly go midseason? You blow it up. I could see maybe Ken Austin firing himself and bringing in someone, but midseason new system or even a partial system. Like I, I think what we're more to see personnel wise. But listen, folks, you pull Zach Calares for Jeremiah Mazzoli in in the situation the way that Ken Austin did it halftime maybe for a spark. Jeremiah Mazzoli is not a starting quarterback in the CFL. Nice spark guy, tons of effort. Not if, if he is your starter, you're going nowhere. And maybe that's what the Ticats are, but he's not the guy of the future either. He's a nice, solid backup change of pace. So that's uh, for the Ticats. Hey, it doesn't get any easier. But it's the CFL, man. If you want to be a competitive team, you got to play tough games. Every game's tough. Everyone. It's a nine-team league. Every game's tough. There's no excuses. So is Zach Calaris going to get the start in Edmonton? I would bet. At least to start. But there are... They're 0 5, man. Like they're they're 0 and 5. And it's getting to the point like where you lose this one in Edmonton, and we start talking about a lost season. 
for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Well, we'll take the break, talk more about Week 7 upcoming. Oh, oh, these games. <laughs> this is, this is going to be a great weekend. And we'll take a look back as well. Rod Black from the CFL on TSN will join me. A lot more coming up here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Football season is here and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout deals at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our $7.99 mix and match offer that is something for everyone including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at dominoes.ca. You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN Radio Network. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. We are delivered by Domino's. Visit Domino's.ca today for all your pizza needs. You got the 1099 Medium Feast Special. Eleven ninety nine, four topping large. You have the seven ninety nine mix and match. You have the marbled cookie brownie dessert. Anything you need, dominoes.ca. All right, Twitter poll question was, at AndyMC81, who is your CFL MOP, most outstanding player, heading into Week 7? Mike Riley, Greg Ellingson, Ricky Ray, or Jerome Messam? Riley, Ellingson, Ray, or Messam? You got somebody else? You can always tweet me in. At Andy MC81. Who's your MOP through the first third of the season? When we take a peek at where the Edmonton Eskimos are, where Mike Riley is, where the BC Lions are, where, where really that West Division stacks up. Because right now, you have the, well, really, the best team, the best three teams in the CFL in that West Division. You had arguably the game of the week in Edmonton hosting the BC Lions, 37-26, Eskimos over the Lions. And moving ahead, you take a peek at that West Division, and man, you have 5-0 and Edmonton, 4-1 and in one Calgary, 4-2 and BC Lions. And for week number seven, you have the Lions hosting Saskatchewan, Edmonton taking on the Ticats. So it's a dogfight. And then the Calgary Stampeders in Toronto. Well, let's take a look back at that Edmonton and BC Lions game. And the CFL on TSN panel, Rod Smith, Jock Climbing, Matt Dunnigan, break down how the Eskimos offense on this night was just too much for the Lions D. Well, the Eskimos win again, but they do it differently this time. They were actually a little bit comfortable down to the final minute. Jock Climbing, Matt Dunnigan here. Well, it's interesting. Last week, they actually never led that game against the Ticats in Hamilton until the final minute. This time around, Matty, they never trailed in this football game. You thought they needed a more complete performance start to end, and this time they had a lot of big plays in this football game. Yeah, they did, and wire to wire, they showed they can do it, and they needed the quick start, and Riley gave it to him. Duke Williams came up with a beautiful 65-yard catch, and from that point forward, it was all about big plays for the Menescos on the night, and it wasn't just offense. It was defense as well, and it was, and it was a lot of pressure, and that's Euclid Cummins forcing a Travis, interse- Travis Lule interception. Again, Euclid Cummins saying hello to Lule, saying, yeah, uh-huh, we're pretty good over on this side of the football, too, and then here, how about Neil King? getting his first of the season, third of his career, stepping up. That is homework. That is film study. That is a guy getting the job done, and he's a beneficiary of pressure. And Riley, 
Doesn't have a kicker, no problem. Third and 11, throw it to Duke one more time. Just a big play night all around. You know, we, ne- we can talk about the devil. Three receivers for over 100 yards, Jock. Uh, Mike Riley, I thought, uh, you know, he was just going to go crazy in this football game. Slow down, dude, BC, good defense. You know, they stepped up and they bowed their necks like they had to and fought back, but it was just too much Edmonton. Yeah, let me talk about one of those receivers in Brandon Zilstra, and this is a name that people are going to start to hear more and more. As they should. Yeah, and especially with the injury to Darius Bowman. I mean, what this kid is doing is only nothing short of remarkable. On the practice roster last year for Edmonton, and, you know, this is a guy who went to Concordia College in the U.S. and just came out of nowhere. He was going around, going to free agent tryout camps, going to one after another until he could find someone who would sign him, and the Eskimos did, and boy, are they ever happy that that they have. And I love Glenn Suter talked about him during the football game and said he talked to him and he asked him, hey, what's your aspirations? What's your goals? And he said, hey, I want to win the confidence of my coach and my quarterback. I've never heard a young receiver say that. Every young receiver you ask, what are your goals? They'll talk about touchdowns. They'll talk about 1,000-yard seasons. This guy is talking and saying all the right things because that's what it is. As a receiver, you will not get opportunities unless you have a coach who's willing to design plays for you. When you look at him in this football game, it is clear now that they are starting to build this offense around him with Bowman out. Yeah, and Bowman out and Durrell Walker no longer on the lineup. That's who he's replaced and people aren't even talking about him. They're just moving forward almost just effortlessly. Seamlessly. Yes. The injury to John White at running back, Yeah, he injured to Van tonight. Uh, yeah. What do they do? Uh, just slide in McCarty and no problem. Yeah, it's, 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 it's next man up mentality, not only for the Edmonton Eskimos, for everybody in the Canadian football leagues. You know what else interests me? Talk about overcoming the injury to John White. How about overcoming the injury to Sean White? Yeah. Without a kicker, and we were wondering, they're going for it on third down. What Neil would Hughes. have been two field goals ends up being two touchdowns and eight more points for the Eskimos. They got Hughes signed and ready to go. He's waiting in the wings. You know, you got to be one step ahead. And right now, Jason Moss and his staff are over. You know, one step ahead. Well, they really are. And this time, a more comfortable margin of victory, too, at 11 points over the B.C. Lions. Yes. Best in the CFL at 5-0 and at the Edmonton Eskimos with a rematch in Hamilton coming up at Commonwealth next week. That was the CFL on TSN panel. Couldn't get a hold of Rod Black. We'll try to catch up with him another time he was set to join us. But we do have Rod Black with Dwayne Ford after the Calgary smackdown of the Hamilton Ticats. And they do a post-mortem on the beatdown in Cowtown. Under the heading, whoa, Nelly. This was ugly. If you're a Hamilton Tiger Cat fan, the party was on your... Ex-teammates, the 92 championship team were here, and I know in 92 in that Grey Cup game, it was a thorough domination. It wasn't even close to what we saw tonight. No, this was so incredibly one-sided in, in every way, shape, and form, right from the right from the get-go of this ball game. All three phases of the game contributed for the Calgary Stampeders. They got things started with a huge punt return from Roy Finch. His first return, punt return touchdown of the season, the team's second that got things going, and there's the first blow to the, the fragile confidence of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Then it's a Shaquille Richardson interception, pick six. Another shot to the very fragile confidence of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And then the Calgary offense gets involved. Jerome Messam, a guy you don't want to give any kind of momentum, kicks in with a hat trick of touchdowns. And the Calgary Stampeders never looked back. Frankly, the Hamilton Tiger Cats never really looked up. So how do the Hamilton Tiger Cats respond? They got to go north, and in just over a week, they're going to play against the Edmonton Eskimos. Well, one of the things that, that they have to look at is the fact that 
58 minutes into a ball game against Edmonton a couple of weeks ago, they were in a position to win that football game. With an unbeaten team, they went toe-to-toe with them. And you have to look at a game like this, write it off as an anomaly, burn the film, don't dwell on the negatives of this one, dwell on the positives of we know we can play. This was a bad night. We had some bad breaks. There's enough negative around the Hamilton Tiger Cats with, with the record that they have right now. They need to look po- at the positive things and build on those. 0-5 for the Cats, but for the Stampeders, what a night. Andrew Buckley has his first touchdown pass as a CFLer. Antti Milanovic Litra also has his first touchdown. Jerome Messam has the hat trick. What a night it was for the horse in Calgary. The beatdown in Cowtown. All right, after the break, some team power rankings and CFL fantasy tips coming up with TSN.ca. Scott Cullen, final segment as well. We'll have Behind the Helmet with Nick Lewis of the Montreal Alouettes. A lot more coming up on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Football season is here and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout deals at Domino's.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal, including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our $7.99 mix and match offer that has something for everyone, including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at Domino's.ca. This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN Radio Network. Delivered by Domino's. Visit Domino's.ca today. Welcome back to the show. This is CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Still to come in the show, we'll have our Behind the Helmet with Montreal Alouettes receiver Nick Lewis. Reminder, folks, we are brought to you and delivered by Domino's Pizza. Choose any medium feast pizza for just $10.99, or if you're even hungrier or large, four-topping pizza for just $11.99. Find all the deals at dominoes.ca. In studio with me now, tsn.ca, Scott Collins. Scotty, how are you? Awesome. How are you doing, Ian? I'm doing good, man. Uh, let's look at the, the team power rankings first. Not a lot of movement. Uh, it's hard to argue keeping the Calgary Stampeders at number one after allowing a single point in a CFL game. That's that's wild. And they're drubbing their their demolition of the Hamilton Ticats, sixty to one. Yeah, and you know what? The Edmonton Eskimos uh, they're still undefeated and had a I wouldn't necessarily say a signature win, but it's a pretty quality win. Um, to beat uh, BC by double digits, um, and so you know you could you could make an argument, I guess, earlier in the week that, that Edmonton might be able to retake uh, the number one spot, but then that happened. But then that <laughs> happened, and, and Edmonton still has more injuries. It's you know they, they have kind of this they're running out of uh, running backs yeah. there, and yeah. so and so you know based on you know the massive margin of victory for Calgary and the fact that Calgary is much healthier, that they're still hanging on to number one ahead of uh, the Eskimos. And no surprise, the Thai Cats, of course, stay in the basement. They are still <laughs> they're they're solidifying their place in the basement. They're getting pretty comfortable down oh, there. Oh yeah, there's there's no movement. Sixty to one. I still can't believe that. That's that's wild. So Edmonton there now two movers. We had the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, move up a spot, taking out the Argos, thirty-eight twenty-seven. Entertaining game. And we'll get into the fantasy side more in a minute, Scotty. But you, you look at Kevin Glenn, and he's one of those guys who teases you. Like you end up chasing mm-hmm. someone like Kevin Glenn, right? Yep. He'll have that week. And then he'll come back to like, oh, and then he'll have a big, and you'll go after him again, and he takes it back. Yeah, he did that earlier in the year. He, he, had, he had back-to-back weeks that were big and then kind of faded, and then last week's 340 yards and four touchdowns. Like, you have that kind of game. And, and we, we talked early in the year when he did have those games. He has some weapons, you yeah. know, that, that it, as long as you're a 
competent starting quarterback in the league, you have a chance to have some big games because you know you have Bakari Grant, you have Deron Carter, you have Naman Roosevelt. There, there right, are guys right. there who are who can you know make plays for you, and um, and so I, I you know Saskatchewan. Uh, they're in a bit of a tough spot because I don't see them as good as the, the rest of the teams uh, at, at the top of the West, but um, I think they, they're at least inching towards being more competitive. And I guess my my concern with the team who I have going down this week in Montreal right. is that they don't have quite the the number of playmakers. And, and Darian Durant is I mean we we almost end up getting the same flashes from Darian Durant that we do out of Kevin Glenn you know his last very similar Durant's last couple of weeks have been productive and you know so that you know makes you think oh well maybe something could could happen there but he also his receiving core probably isn't as good as as what the Rough Riders have no, no, I, I'm with you. So they dropped from six to seven to the Alouettes. They're on the bye. Really let that one slip away too. It, it nothing hurts your power rankings more like when you yeah let one slip. And it was more of uh, that the Alouettes let it get away. Yeah. I think rather than uh, Winnipeg coming back and, and taking it. But just like uh, Edmonton did the other week against the Ticats, if the opportunity presents itself, you still have to do it. So you can't like discount the the bomb. Oh, Alouettes gave it away. They still had to execute. Of course, and and look, you know, they they put up forty what forty one points to to you know, to get that win for Winnipeg. And so you know you can't just say, oh well, you know Montreal gave it away, or you know, or you got a favorable call and whether the last right. the last touchdown goes in. However, however it happens, um, you know. The team puts up 41 points. They they had to do a few things right. In conversation with TSN.ca, Scott Cullen. Get him on Twitter, at TSN Scott Cullen. All right, let's go to the fantasy side here, Scotty. And a week ago, we... Uh, I, I won't say we. I'll say you. <laughs> I. I, I, <laughs> I had, we had Deron Carter said at the top of the show, I think behind the helmet might be a good luck charm. He was a zero, and he went from a zero to a hero this week. That's right. And now... <laughs> As much as we savage, or I savaged right. uh, Deron Carter last week, <laughs> I did mention you did. that he has massive talent, like the kind of talent that could lead the league in receiving yards if, if it all you know came together for him. And he kind of showed that talent this past week, uh, with nine catches, 131 yards, two touchdowns, including you know, oh. may, maybe the catch of the year, maybe uh, the best catch the, ever, Scotty, the, the, like, the one-handed oh backhand uh, deal against Toronto. And so, look, the, the, that's part of the reason Deron Carter qualified to be a zero the week before is that we know he can do this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like there are very few receivers in the league who have the the talent, the physical talent that Jerron Carter does. And, yeah. you know, so when when he turns it loose, it's pretty entertaining to see. Yeah. The raw talent and you're right, the ceiling. It's just it's just so spectacular. So that being said, you had I, I think it was so 131 yards, but I think on the year he has uh, he has less than three hundred receiving yards. Yep. So so most of the and three touchdowns. So two of those came in that last game. As we said with Kevin Glenn, you never want to be someone who chases. But with Deron Carter, like that's that's the tricky part, right? Because for the Rough Riders, you go into BC, you know you're going to have to have a, a shootout to some degree. You know BC is mm-hmm. going to sling it, so there should be opportunity. What are you thinking fantasy wise on Deron Carter? I don't mind trying to Carter again this week because his price isn't outrageous. You know there yeah. there. Um, you know, if you look at, I think he's somewhere in the mid fives, like fifty three hundred or something, uh, along those lines. And and when you consider what the, you know, what say Greg Ellingson is going for as a top receiver, right. you know, you're getting a bit of a discount to take Teron Carter. Now there are reasons you're getting that discount, right? As as you mentioned, you know, there have been some some games that haven't been so good. I think he has two games this year of two catches for twelve yards, and and you 
you know, you're running the risk of taking one of those on. Um, but you know, like you say, you're going into BC, the game, pretty good chance that it'll be a high scoring mm-hmm. uh, game. And I think after after last week, you, you wouldn't be surprised to see Saskatchewan maybe look to draw on Carter a little bit more. Um, and and at that price, I, th- I think he's a worthwhile play this week. You know, there there you always have many options to fill your two wide receiver in one flex spot. Uh-huh. But I think I think Carter at that price is still pretty reasonable this week. So when we move to this week, and I I want to get your take on if you think Mike Riley and the Edmonton Eskimos could fall into the same situation that the Calgary Stampeders did last week. Because unfortunately, hey, love you, Tie Cat fans. You're 0-5. You're the, you're, you're, you're you're the, the matchup t- you got beat up on. You're the target. Every, everyone the looks target. to see who's playing the Tiger Cats. What and what a, a, a defensive output for the one point from the Calgary Stampeders. The Edmonton Eskimos, I have them slotted in on my defense at 4300 bucks, uh, And I believe, yeah, the Ticats defense is worth more than the Edmonton Eskimos. That's that's a, that's a strange one. That, um, that's I that's mean, odd. It, well, I, I guess they're they're counting on uh, turnover sacks, that sort of thing, coming in their favor because I don't think point the the points won't no. won't end up their way. I guess I, I would stay clear of. Any tiger cat in any category until further notice. Is that safe to say? It, it is, you know, because the one guy who I'd been touting, their uh, running back Sherman, then he he kind of lost the job back to CJ yeah. Gable last week. To CJ Gable, and, and so and 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 the value in, in Sherman was that he was like a minimum price player. So that if you're really looking to to fill in one slot at twenty five hundred bucks, or I think he went up to three thousand the one week. Then okay, you can you can justify that, but um, you know Gable doesn't come with that kind of no. discount, which that which then means well now there isn't really an appealing uh, Tiger Cats player. No, not at all. But the reason I brought that up with the, with the Stampeders is because Bo Levi Mitchell got pulled after a half, mm-hmm. and and then you had Kamar Jordan get injured. It looks like he might be back, but he's how healthy is he actually going to be? Could Mike Riley fall into a similar situation? Now you think at some point the Tiger Cats are going to bust out, you just don't know. When and you don't know if it's going to be as big of a blow, but for Mike Riley, all right, top most expensive quarterback, fourteen thousand bucks. I would say they might lean on the run game, but you mentioned it earlier. There are no running backs right now. Yeah, they've uh, they've worked their way through. Like John White got hurt, and uh, they brought back Kendall Lawrence, but then he got hurt. Uh, you know, before he even uh, played, Trevon Van uh, got hurt last mm-hmm. week, and I and I don't know whether he's he's going to be ready to go next week. And and yeah, we were down to Calvin McCarty, their fullback. Last week, and McCarty did fine in um, in that limited action. But you know, do they press forward with you know? It, but the, I mean, to me, that's also part of the reason why uh, Riley is is priced as expensive as he is sure. is because they're probably not going to lean too heavily on the running game. You know, they'll they'll spot it in there here and there with um, whether it's McCarty or or they bring up somebody on the practice squad or, or find somebody this week. Like it, it's pretty lean pickings there, um, but. You know the the emphasis could be that look Mike Riley is just going to spread the ball around because he's he's got some some guys who you can get it to and you know Brandon Zilstra keeps giving you 100 yards yeah. every game and Vidal Hazelton had a huge game for them last week and so th- that may be the the game plan for uh, for Edmonton but to your kind of initial premise there is there a risk sure there is there's a, there's a risk of especially when you're paying you know the prices to get Riley as the most expensive oh. quarterback. There may be a point in the game at which point uh, where Edmonton says, "Yeah, we either a don't need him to throw the ball at all, or we'll take him out of the game." And you know, if you've invested your, you know, your that's a big chunk, your big chunk on on that player, you'd at least like him to play four quarters. Right. <laughs> and that's not guaranteed. Quarterback this week, Scotty. I'm going Ricky Ray. 
uh, consistently 300 me, yards. Me too. It's a, well, if you look at over 10,000, just shy of 11,000 bucks, but compared to the other um, the, the other QBs oh, actually, ahead of Oh, you know them, what? I think I might have gone with Bo Levi. But oh. in, in either case, those were the two guys I looked at. I know yeah. it's the same game, but your argument on Ray is, yes, he gives you 300-plus every week. Uh, and in Bo Levi's case, I... I he he hasn't had to throw uh, as much, but I also figure that if uh, the the price that he's commanding compared to Ray is is fairly similar, he's he's maybe five hundred dollars more or something. And for Ricky Ray, our concern before was yeah the yardage was there, but the touchdowns were not, and mm-hmm. the turnovers were not. Well, the last two weeks, five touchdowns, no interceptions, still putting up those big three hundred yep. numbers uh, going against a Calgary team who we know with, yeah with with Bo Levi with Jerome Esme, in some way shape, or form, they're going to put up points. So it's forcing Ricky Ray in an 80% throwing offense to have to throw again. So I think that's a... Well, and, and, you know, they with Brandon Whitaker out, right? Yeah. That they've been, you know, the James Wilder has been pressed into action for the Argos, but he's not exactly somebody they lean on, you know? No, no, he, no, no, This is somebody you spot in and, and let Ricky Ray, you know, chuck, chuck it down the field. Exactly. All right, Scott, great stuff as always. People can find your work on tsn.ca and on Twitter at TSN. Scott Cullen, thanks so much. That they can. Thanks, Andy. All right, that was Scott Cullen. So after the break, we'll get to our Behind the Helmet this week. Nick Lewis, Montreal Alouette's legendary receiver. That and my game picks all coming up on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Football season is here and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carry out deals at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our $7.99 mix and match offer that is something for everyone including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at dominoes.ca. You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN Radio Network. Back to wrap things up on the Week 7 edition of CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. You can give me a follow on Twitter at AndyMC. 81. Remember, folks, we are delivered by Domino's. Choose any medium feast pizza for just $10.99 and a large pizza with four toppings for just $11.99. Check out all the great deals at Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. All right, we'll still give our final update on the Twitter poll. Who's your MOP through seven weeks? And also my game picks first, though. Another edition of Behind the Helmet with the legendary, the future Hall of Famer receiver with the Montreal Alouettes, Nick Lewis. Nick, first of all, congratulations. You joined the 1,000 career catch mark, only the fourth guy to do it in CFL history. Uh, just tell me, that that has to be a humbling experience. Like The CFL's been around for a while, right? So to be right up there and to join that elite group, how does that feel? It feels great. It is a humbling experience, and it's, it just feels amazing to, to get there, especially you know going through the injury I had mm-hmm. a few years back and and not knowing if I'd ever get there. So definitely been a lot of hard work, and uh, to be in the group of, with those other three is amazing. So, Nick, uh, for behind the helmet here, we get to know players a little bit better, right? The, the personalities, not so much X's and O's, but what they're all about. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with some hard ones here. You ready? Let's do it. All right, buddy. Okay. First of all, I want the best and worst-dressed teammate on the Montreal Alouettes. You can include yourself. Well, best dress, man. There's there's uh, Brandon Rutley, Steph Logan, John Bowman, and Kyle Reese probably all going that top category. They, okay. They get pretty spiffy. <laughs> and, and what about the worst dress? Is there someone who slums it? 
Oh man, there's a uh, I don't know. There's a couple guys that <laughs> probably don't dress up to par. I <laughs> I really don't care about the way you know. I I usually wear a tuck, uh, button down shirt, but it's usually never tucked in. My buttons on my arms are not usually buttoned on my wrist, but I don't really care about that. I'm I'm going for a job, and I think I look good enough. <laughs> That's right. You're rolling your sleeves up, get to work, right? Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Uh, so when you're in, in your downtime, when you're going on a plane or or just relaxing, when you're not studying tape, give me the TV show that you're into right now. Man, I've been watching Ozark. Ozark. I haven't heard of that I one. In, I just got into Ozark with um, man, what's his name? Uh. I can't see his face. I can't remember the name, but <laughs> yeah, it's a new series on new series on Netflix. Uh, I've been into that, and I watch Power, Game of Thrones, Beauty. and Ballers a lot. So, yeah, a lot of series. Now, but Game of Thrones is awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, the new season. We're, we won't do spoilers for people. We'll 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 leave that. Uh, but if we're talking movies all time, the the Desert Island question. You got one movie to take. You can watch over and over again. What is it? Man, it, ha- it had to probably be like Harlem Nights or something like that. Um, of course, I watch Zootopia with my daughter all the time, so <laughs> I could definitely watch Zootopia every day right. for the rest of my life. And, and you probably do. I've, I have young kids myself, and, and sometimes you do watch things every day. <laughs> you know, you got to watch, uh, you know, The Sloth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Ah, <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Uh, okay, so uh, be- before the game, food-wise, what, what 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 do you like to eat to get ready for a game? Home game for my whole career, I eat uh, Subway. Subway uh, was it was a chicken bacon ranch foot long um, on night games, and on day games it's usually a six inch, but mm. now it's a uh, steak and cheese. Same thing, no cheese. All right, you know what? I'm, we're gonna have to. Uh, I think to see if we can get them on a sponsor for the show. That's that's a great endorsement. You know, it's, it, it is. It's, it's something that, like, now that I do the flatbreads, it's something that fills me up, but it's not too it's not too full and uh, still allows me to go out and do what I do. Nice. All right. Hey, we'll just keep this recording for them. It's great. Okay, I'll, I'll represent hey, you, Nick. Don't worry about it. That's right. <laughs> All right. In conversation with Nick Lewis of the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, music wise, what gets you pumped up? What do I listen to for a game? Yeah. Man, uh, Adele, Beyonce, um, a lot of slow music. I don't listen to upbeat music much anymore. I feel like if you listen to something that gives you purpose and reason, like my family and and Mm -hmm. friends and stuff like that, so I just listen to music that is more relaxing and puts me in a mode of why I'm doing this over Listen to something that's going to get me pumped up for five, ten minutes, and then you lose the feeling. And then you crash, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, growing up, outside of football, what, what were some sports that you like to, to watch or play? Well, basketball is my favorite sport. Okay. Uh, I played basketball. I loved baseball growing up. Um, by the time I got to high school, the ball started coming way too fast. Got hit by a pitch, and that Ooh. was the end of my baseball career. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, I pretty much played everything. Soccer. I love to watch soccer. I'm a Chelsea fan. Um, so, yeah, soccer and baseball, basketball. I like golf. So, if it's sports, I'm pretty much watching it. Uh, so, growing up then, what were your, your favorite teams basketball and baseball-wise? Rangers and Mavericks. Nice. Oh, yeah, because you're from fan. Texas. Yeah, and a Cowboy oh, yeah. fan. All right. Oh, yeah. So that's so it. it's everything Texas, pretty much. Um, I'm a Longhorn fan. 
Okay, but so you're growing up, Texas. I was also like a I'm a North Carolina basketball fan growing up, and a and a Michigan football fan growing up as well. So, oh really? If I had two other teams, like outside of Texas teams, it was Michigan football and North Carolina basketball. Okay. Uh, My first to... jersey was a Monty Toomer Michigan jersey. Actually, really. Yes. Wow. Out of all the people you could think of playing, and <laughs> like my first jersey was Monty Toomer, Michigan jersey. Have you been up to the big house for a game? No, never. I guess it's yeah. I guess the the season might be tricky then, right? But we got Ray Taylor up here, so you know Raymond. So if maybe one day he'll take me. Yeah. Since he played there. <laughs> yeah, he can. We get he, some sideline passes or something. Yeah, get you the alumni suite. That'd be perfect. That'd be awesome. Uh, last one for you here, Dick. As far as um, uh, playing in Montreal, spent a long time in Calgary. What do you love most about playing in Montreal and in front of those Alouettes fans? Man, I, I love the Alouette fans. But, you know, honestly, the, the best part of playing in Montreal is is the, the culture and the, out here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such a different culture. I don't feel like I'm in Canada. I feel like I'm in a different country. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. And you got to love the nightlife in Montreal. <laughs> it's something. When the sun goes down. <laughs> It becomes a beautiful city. <laughs> That's right, and, and you know it can get a lot of uh, a lot of road players in trouble too if they don't. Oh, uh, of course, they... <laughs> definite home for the Zams right there. <laughs> they, they they can have some late nights. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for taking the time, and congrats again. I appreciate you. Have a great one. All right, that was Nick Lewis from the Montreal Alouettes in Behind the Helmet. Let's get a final update on our CFO Weekly Twitter poll on Twitter at AndyMC81, at AndyMC81. Who is your MOP? Who's your CFL most outstanding player heading into Week 7? Third of the season is done. Who is it? Mike Riley, Greg Ellingson, Ricky Ray, or Jerome Messam. You got somebody else? You can always tweet in your own, too. The poll's still going to be up. But as of right now, Mike Riley at 50% leading the way. Ricky Ray, a late charge, 44%. Ricky Ray in second place. Greg Ellingson and Jerome Messam tied for last at 3% each. So uh, the quarterbacks starting to run away. And you look at what Mike Riley's done. Undefeated team, highest quarterback efficiency rating. Ricky Ray, all he does is put up 300-yard games. Five touchdowns to zero interceptions in the last two games. So, again, you can vote at AndyMC81 on Twitter. Who is your MOP heading in to Week 7 in the Canadian Football League? Okay, quickly. Uh, my picks this week, Calgary into Toronto to take on the Argonauts. I'm going to go Stamps. Bo Levi Mitchell is going to be rested. Jerome Estim has been a beast. Toronto defensive line still a little banged up. It's going to be close. I think this is going to be a fun one. Ricky Ray versus Bo Levi, but I'll go with the Stamps by Less than seven. Winnipeg taking on the Red Blacks. Week off for Ottawa. They recuperated after that hectic week. I think the Red Blacks come up with a purpose. They showed some promise heading into that bye week in the the first part of the week in that doubleheader week that they had back in week five. So I think uh, Ottawa comes out there. Hamilton, Edmonton, got to go with the Eskimos. Until the Ticats prove they can win, I'm going to go with whoever they're against. And I think it's going to be by a sizable margin. Hope I'm wrong and that the Hamilton can get it figured out and start making things close and competitive. So Edmonton there. Then Saskatchewan, BC. Hey, what's Deron Carter's follow-up going to be to that and Kevin Glenn? Do they keep it going? Or are the BC Lions going to shut it down? Is it going to be a combination through the air, on the ground, and that BC defense, we know how good they can be. I'm going to say the Lions at home. Again, that one by, I'll say Lions by a touchdown. I think they'll pull away at the end, but Lions by a touchdown. All right, great stuff, everybody. Thank you so much to our guests. So, for producer Joe Narsa, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio networks. Enjoy the games, folks. 
Football season is here and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carry out deals at Domino's.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our $7.99 mix and match offer that is something for everyone including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at Domino's.ca.